This is Pastor Mike, and I want to welcome you to the Life Fellowship Podcast. I know that the trials of each of you experience can often feel overwhelming, and at those times, the enemy tries to bring discouragement into your life. Remember that in John 16, Jesus tells us to be of good cheer because he has overcome the world. Today, as you listen, I pray that God's word ministers to you and that the power of the Holy Spirit deposits joy and peace into your situation. If you have your Bibles, turn to John chapter 4. And just to, this morning, I'm going to be preaching about redigging the wells. I'm going to conclude this series today on redigging the wells of personal evangelism. I want everybody to say personal evangelism. Say, that means me. Mark 16, 15 says, And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to all of creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, and whoever does not will be condemned. It's so important that we, as a church, listen, we can, we can talk about having a move of the Holy Ghost. We can talk about praying for healing. All these different things. But if we don't remember that the main reason, listen to me, church, the number one reason that Jesus came was to save the lost. Listen, healing and the power of the Holy Ghost, that's a benefit of salvation. That's, a, that's one of the benefits. That's not why he came. He came to save the lost. Luke 19.10 says, The Son of Man has come to seek and save that which is lost. He said, Go ye into all the world. Now I have a question for this church. For each person sitting in a seat this morning, how much going do you do in reaching the lost? I'm not talking about going to church on Sunday morning. But how much going are you doing in reaching the lost? The occluded well of personal evangelism has perhaps been the most costly of all the wells I've preached about to the church. Been very costly. So many souls have not received the gospel of Jesus Christ. New statistics from the Barna Group. There are 160 million unchurched souls in the United States today. And they're using it people that really have never really heard much about the gospel. 160 million. Some of them are your family members and your co workers. But 38% of that 160 million have a friendly attitude towards the gospel. That's, that's huge. They, in other words, they're open to hear. They have a friendly attitude towards the gospel. Eight out of 10 of them 
say a crisis makes them think about turning to God. Well, listen, that means that it's prime time because we are in crisis. This world, if this ain't a crisis we in, I don't want to see a crisis. We're in a crisis. Eight out of 10 of those 160 million say that crisis makes them think about turning to God. Over 70%, now get ready, buckle your seatbelt, over 70% of them would rather talk to a church member than a pastor about their spiritual issues. You, if you really want to know what the pastor and the evangelist job is, we're like the coach and the special teams coordinators on the football team. The job, and, you, and I see some of you looking at Pastor, you mean your job's not to win the loss? Sure it is. But my main job as a pastor is to energize, encourage, feed, and equip the saints so that they can go out and win souls. Score runs, score touchdowns for the kingdom, if you will. All of these stats while the Western church sits on their pews week after week waiting for a sinner to walk in the doors. We wait. We come in and have just a sweet presence of God like we had this morning thinking, man, I wish more people could experience. Have you ever been in church and you just had a thought about some family member, some co-worker, some friend, you said, I wish so-and-so could experience what this is like. Well, have you went out and evangelized them yourself? The American church has lost its edge in personal evangelism. If we don't redig this well hastily, we will miss one of the greatest opportunities ever produced in the history of mankind to win the lost. John 4:35 tells us to lift up our eyes because the fields are already white or ripe with harvest. Leonard Ravenhill said this, an opportunity, the opportunity of a lifetime must be seized in the lifetime of the opportunity. Let me say that again in case you missed it. The opportunity of a lifetime must be seized in the lifetime of the opportunity. All of us in here this morning, we're living in a gap. The gap between the day you were born and the day you're going to die. We're living in a gap. That gap is called, that gap of time is called opportunity. What are we doing with that opportunity to evangelize the lost? You will never see your full potential that God has placed inside of you without first answering the call that God has handed you. You know why sometimes we don't see? I, look, I, 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 I think about this all the time. I am 47. It is February. It was seven years ago this month that God began to deal with us about going into ministry. 
didn't feel like I really had the potential. And I can promise you that Stephanie definitely did not think she had the potential. She let me know as soon as we got married, one thing I'll never be is a pastor's wife. Never. Say never. Seven years ago this month, we were running, a, I was running a construction company. She was working in the emergency room. Everything was running along just fine. I would have never seen the ability that God had given me to be a pastor. Some of you think, well, pastor, it's not that great. Well, for what ability I have, I would have never seen it if I wouldn't have first answered the call. God is calling us as a church to be personal evangelists. Our slogan as a church, it's on our website, reaching a city, changing a nation, and touching the world. Who are we reaching? I, wanna, I want you to put this on a personal level. We'll go from Chad over here all the right way over to Barbara over on this corner over here. Who have you reached this week for the kingdom of Jesus? Who have you reached? And I want to tell you, God wants us to become a church that's not only full of the Holy Ghost and the gifts of the Spirit, but He doesn't want us to forget the fact that He came to save the lost. Holy Ghost power was brought for that main reason. If you look at Acts chapter 1 verse 8, he said, I'm going to send the power of the Holy Ghost to you so that you can be a proper witness about my name and who I am. You read it for yourself. He said, I am sending him so you can be a witness to the uttermost parts of the earth to who Jesus really is. Everything else is a benefit. But it was sent for that one reason. And I'm going to take just a few moments this morning and look at perhaps what is the greatest example and explanation in all of Scripture on personal evangelism in John chapter 4. And I want to pray. Father, I ask you this morning, Lord, as we look at this text, God, that you would allow us, Lord, I ask you to open every heart right now this morning to receive. God, I pray that your word would convict. It never condemns. I pray that your word would convict, your word would energize, your word would just strike a chord in your people this morning, God. That they would be moved into a go ye mode. They begin to reach a lost and a dying world for Jesus Christ. Lord, in your name I pray. Amen. Amen. I want to look at this text this morning in John chapter 4 and I am not going to read the whole text for the sake of time it, it, it's, it's really verses 1 through 39 it tells this story of the woman at the well so I'm going to cherry pick some of these scriptures and we'll have these on the overhead but I feel like most of us will know this story fairly well this morning and I want to set it up for you for just a second since I'm not going to <clears throat> read the entire text but Jesus and the disciples are on their way. And it was a custom in that day that the Jews bypassed Samaria. Samarians were 
they were really just half-breeds and rejects, I mean, in, in that culture. I mean, people, think about this. They were such rejects that the Jews wouldn't even walk through their town. They would, they would take the long way around so they just didn't have, they would take the long way around so they didn't have to fool with that person that they, because they didn't like the way they looked. They didn't like the way they smell. They didn't like the things that they did. So rather than carrying the good news of the gospel to them, they just kind of walked around them and went on to church. Trying to help you this morning. They went on to church after they bypassed the Samaritans. But this day, Jesus decides, you know what, I'm going to go right through Samaria. He's going to go right through. And I want to read verses 3 through 6 of this text. It says, And he left Judea and departed again unto Galilee. And he needed to go through Samaria. So he came to the city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near the plot of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied from his journey, sat thus by the well, and it was about the sixth hour. Going to verse 7. And a woman of Samaria came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. Now I want to just, just talk about uh, this, this part of Scripture this morning. Personal evangelism it has nothing to do with your convenience level. I'll never forget, I, we were in Louisiana, and I had a, a car two times in the same day on different parts of town pull out in front of me, and I almost hit them. Same couple. It was some of that 55 and older bunch. Hey, y'all guys, y'all know I love you. They pulled, I mean, I'm talking about seven, eight miles apart. This car pulled out in front of me twice, and I almost hit them. I'm, I mean, by the second time, I'm, I'm like, any of y'all ever done that? I'm like, boy, we got some hand motions when we, help us, Lord. So anyway, I, I, at the end of the day, it's about 5 o'clock, and I pull into Rouse's supermarket. And I pull up in my parking space and the car in front of me, so help me, Lord, is that couple. And they're just getting out of their car. I'm looking at them. And I actually had thought the second time they pulled out in front of me, Lord, are you, what are you, are you trying to tell me something here? Maybe I need to follow them. Maybe I need to pray for them. But I just want to tell you, it won't convenient for me to pray for them at that point in time. I had things on my agenda to do, and I bypassed it. And uh, I kind of chuckled about it on the way home, and I said, well, Lord, I rang if you really wanted me to pray for them. You can make them run into me one more time. And I pull into that grocery store, and there that couple is. And I got out of my truck, and... She was on a walker, and you could tell she was a very sickly lady. And I said, ma'am, I didn't tell her the whole story. 
I just said, ma'am, I feel like God wants to, I should have said, I know God wants me to pray for you. And I said, if you'll let me just have just a moment, I want to pray with you. And I prayed, I prayed for God to touch her body, her mind. I just prayed for for that few minutes. That's the only time I ever saw that couple. I have no idea everything they were dealing with in life, but I know this, God had a plan for me to intersect those people's lives that day. And I wonder how many times we bypass convenience. The Bible says that Jesus was weary from his journey. Let me put that in perspective. He was worn out and tired. And ministering to somebody else would not have been on the physical agenda of the day. But nevertheless, he knows that there are lost souls that hang in the balance in Samaria. That was an area that other people have bypassed. And I want to say to Life Fellowship this morning, we need to begin to look at people that other people have bypassed. You need to begin to look at some of your family members. Oh, boy, listen, I'm coming right at you today. Some of you have family members that you bypassed because they're, just for lack of a better word, they live in life a little on the trashy side. So you just bypass them. But can I tell you, God wants you to get out of your convenience because they are a lost soul that hangs in the balance. Jesus is about to come back at any time and there's souls that hang in the balance. Not about convenience. We in the American church, we've got all so many things going so well. It's kind of like I, I, I can remember a time that I went to Lowe's or Home Depot. And I, I needed something. I can't, I can't even remember what it was. Anybody ever go somewhere like that? You just need a thingamajig. You don't really, it's not even, just something. You, just, you don't even know how to really explain it. But you go in and I find these two attendants that are talking and, and I, I say, listen, I, 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 I'm standing there. They're standing there talking to one another. They can see me. They can see the bewildered look on my face like I'm needing some help. But the truth of the matter is they spend so much time hunting down thingamajigs for everybody that comes in the door. They get worn out doing it and they are ignoring me. I know they're ignoring me. I can tell they've got the vest on. They're dressed up right. They've got the shelves packed with everything that I may need but they won't help me to find what I need. And I want to tell you that's a picture that I see in the church today. We've got all of our colorful graphics. We've got We've got all the right instruments. We've got all the right stuff. We've got the shells packed with the word of God, the presence of the Holy Ghost. But all the time there's a lost and dying world that's walking by our doors seeking something. But they don't really know what they're looking for. Do you understand that these lost that we're talking about this morning, many of them don't even know what they're looking for. We're living in a day where our, our young people are not raised in the way that we were raised. We were raised in church, but our young people, the generations that are coming up, they don't have the background. They don't have the history. They don't even know sometimes that it's Jesus that they're seeking. And we've got to get out of our convenience level. 
there's a potential harvest walking around looking for the healing balm of Gilead that we have in the house. But yet we'll walk right by them at the Valero on the corner or at the restaurant when God has called us to go into all the world, into all the places and lift up the name of Jesus. Personal evangelism is not about your convenience. And I want to give you three points about what the water out of the well of personal evangelism brings to the lost. Why we need that water so bad, why we need to occlude that well. If you look in verse 15, Jesus has been dialoguing with this lady. He's telling her, he said, I have living water. Before verse 15, he's telling her, he said, I've got living water. And she's intrigued. And after he shares with her about it, in verse 15, she says this, Then the woman said to him, Sir, give me this water that I may not thirst or have to come here to draw anymore. And can I tell you this morning that the water from the well of personal evangel evangelism bring, it's a, it is a satisfying water. It brings a satisfying quench of thirst. It quenches the thirst of every lost soul. Our, the lost people that you know, they are looking to be satisfied with something. That's why that they're on drugs. That's why that alcohol is their God. That's why that they give themselves away to man after man or woman after woman in an ungodly sense sexual manner it's because they are seeking to be satisfied but you and I have the secret to that and it is the well of living water that lives on the inside of us and his name is Jesus Christ that is really what they're looking for John 6 35 says Jesus said to them I am the bread of life he who comes to me will no longer hunger and he who believes in me will thirst no more. It's up to you and I to let a lost and dying world see that they need the satisfying water of Jesus in their life. There's a day coming where it will be too late for them to be quenched. There's a day coming. I want you to get this. Those family members that grate your nerves. Oh, everybody's got one. That co-worker that just drives you crazy. The day is coming when they will not be able to have salvation. Luke 16 tells the story of Lazarus and the rich man. And the rich man has already been cast away. And he says, would you just, he calls out to Abraham across the great divide and says, would you just allow just allow him to come and put some water on my tongue. But he receives the news that it's too late. And the same is true in this day. It's, the day is coming that it will be too late. The people that need salvation, they, they, they may seem like rejects to you, but to the Lord, they're precious. 
This lady at the well, she had spent a lifetime as an outcast, as a Samaritan. She was an outcast. She was coming to the same well day after day, pulling up the same water, but she would get thirsty again because that pot would eventually run dry. And can I tell you, I want to soften your heart today towards the people that are around you in your life that need Jesus. They're going to a well every day. They're dipping their bucket down into whatever the the drudgery may be and pulling it back up. And because they're just going through the motions because it's what they think it's sustaining them, they don't even realize how temporal it is and they need somebody to step out of their comfort zone, out of their convenience and get up and say, I want to tell you about Jesus. Jesus, I know you've missed it. I know you've messed up. I know it's been a long time, but Jesus still loves you. Jesus is still the way. They're looking for a church to tell them that Jesus is the way. The water from the well of personal evangelism brings satisfaction. It's a satisfying water. The second thing I want you to see, I want to read verses 16 through 18. Then Jesus said to her, Go call your husband and come here. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, You have said well, you have no husband. For you have had but five husbands, and the one that you're with now <laughs> that you sp- is not your husband. In that you spoke truly. And I want to drop down to 25 and 26. The woman said to him, I know that Messiah is coming, who is called Christ. When he comes, he will tell us all things. And Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am he. Can I tell you something? It's not your job to correct the sin in someone else's life. It's the Lord's job. You want to tell you what happens? Has anybody ever tried to correct a 14-year-old. I don't know where I got that number from. Sometimes they don't want to hear what you have to say. Some, they just don't want to hear it sometimes. And can I tell you that sinners sometimes, they don't want to hear you correct them over their sin. It's God's job to, to correct and convict anyway. It's your job just to share the love of Jesus. The well of personal evangelism brings revelation and cleansing. Second thing, it brings revelation and cleansing. When you begin to evangelize people and share with them about Jesus and they begin to get to know who he is, it begins to reveal things. You see, when, when you really have a, begin to have a relationship with Jesus, you can't keep secrets in your life. God has a way of revealing those things. Jesus already knew she, she had had five husbands. And, to, and I'm going to put this in layman's terms. Girl, you shacking up with somebody. That's basically what he said. Girl, you shacked up. You don't have no husband. But he wanted her to understand that he knew about her situation. <clears throat> he wanted her to understand that there was still salvation. She goes on to say, she said, I, we've heard about the Messiah, and when he comes, oh, he'll reveal all things to us. And all of a sudden, he says, yeah, 
I've got good news for you. I am he. I am the one. The people in your midst, they just need Jesus revealed to them. They don't need to be condemned over their sin. I don't care how many times they've gotten it wrong. I don't care how many times they've come home drunk, how many times they've gotten high. I don't care how many times they've messed up in whatever way. Our job is just to evangelize and share Jesus with them. Let them know that there is a better way and his name is Jesus. And when they begin to have a relationship with him, he will begin to reveal himself to them. I wrote this note down last night. I shared it with Emily. The only difference between you and the sinner that you brush off is that you have a greater revelation of who Jesus is. That's the only difference. That's the only difference between you and the drug addict sitting on the corner or the prostitute that's working downtown is that somewhere along the way you receive the revelation of who Jesus is and it transformed your life. And if you and I really want to see people's lives changed, if we want to see our family changed, our friends changed, it's up to us to share Jesus with them, that we begin to unclog that well of personal evangelism and we begin to share with them about the Savior. We need to share with them about where your hope really is. We need to share with them that there is healing over your mind. We need to share with them that there is restoration over your broken situation. We need to share with them that there is still hope in Jesus. It's not up to us to convict. It's up to us to just share who Jesus really is. And number three, the well of personal evangelism brings declaration and transformation. It's a declaring and a transforming water that flows. The lost person that you've given up on, let's just, let's just really bring it down to brass tacks. There's everybody in here, there's somebody that you may have given up on. We've got... Everybody has a situation that they prayed for over and over. Maybe that person that you believe for over and over. And nothing ever seems to change. Can I tell you that they are prime to spark a revival. That person. That person that you don't think ever will turn around. They are just the type of person that can spark a revival in this last day. Let's look at verse 27 of this text. And at this point, his disciples came and they marveled that he talked with the woman. Yet no one said, what, what do you seek or why are you talking with her? Let me stop right there on that one verse. Don't be surprised when other Christians can't believe that you're ministering or still have hope for that individual or that situation. This was his own disciples. If the Bible says they marvel, I, they were thinking, what is the Lord doing talking to that reject? That's what they were thinking. What is, listen, we shouldn't be shocked when we, don't, when we find that other people 
don't agree with the fact that we still have hope that Jesus can transform, that Jesus can change, that Jesus is still the way. But church, I want to tell you, don't keep your eyes on everybody else. Keep your eyes upon him. Keep your focus upon heaven and recognize that when he has already given us dominion and authority to go forward and evangelize in the name that is above all names, that name of Jesus. Jesus. The Bible goes on to say that every knee one day will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord of all. I have dominion and authority that I can go forth. It doesn't matter what man thinks. I can go forth in the power given to me by Jesus and what he did on the cross. Verse 28. And the woman then left her water pot went her way into the city and said to the men, Come and see a man who told me all things that I ever did. Could this be the Christ? And they went out of the city, and the Bible says that they came to him. By you changing that one person, by sharing the gospel of Jesus with them, can start a domino effect can start a revival. Just that I often think about, and, and I've heard the story, and I can't remember the logistics of it, but the person that won Billy Graham to the Lord. And, and if I remember right, I think it was just a, it was a it was a children's worker, a Sunday school teacher. It was just a it was just one of those types of conversions. It, it wasn't anything with the whirlwind and fire and and glass breaking. It was just a simple. Sharing of Jesus and accepting him as Lord and Savior. But look at what has taken place in the life of the greatest evangelist possibly that we have ever known in our time. That, that millions of souls that are giving their heart to the Lord because somebody shared personally about Jesus Christ. If you go on to verse 39 through 42... It says, and many of the Samaritans in that city believed in him because of the word of the woman who testified. He told me all that I ever did. So when the Samaritans had come to him, they urged him to stay with him. And he stayed there two days. And many more believed because of his own word. And I like this verse 42. I want you to really get this. Then they said to the woman, this is the, the men that she's already shared or the people that she shared with. Now we believe, not because of what you said, for we ourselves have heard him, and we know that this indeed is the Christ, the Savior of the world. Can I tell you that it, it is about having true revelation when you share, when you unclog that well of personal evangelism and you begin to share with people about the love, the acceptance, the grace, and the mercy of Jesus Christ. There is transformation and revelation that comes from declaring who he is because as people are transformed, they'll begin to go and declare it. They'll shout it from the mountaintops. And I want to tell you, we're living in 
a world right now where people want to declare all the lies of the enemy. They want to declare this is right and that's right and I'm okay and you're okay and there are really no consequences when really the church should be standing up and declaring there is one whose name is Jesus. He was, he is, and he is to come. He's coming back for a church one day and you can be a part. All you have to do is give your heart to him. Just give your heart to him. Redigging that well of personal evangelism. How much going do you really do? During the week, how much go? Listen, I, I'm preaching to myself. I can even be real religious and say, well, I'm doing the Lord's work. I'm a full-time pastor. Listen, that shouldn't stop me from, from witnessing to somebody and sharing the love of Jesus. There shouldn't be a week that goes by. Oh, my God, help me this morning. There should never be a week that goes by that everybody sitting in these pews this morning that you don't share the love of God with somebody that needs it. I mean, listen, if everybody this morning would witness to one person and bring them to church on Easter, we'll have to set chairs out. What if we got out of our comfort zone far enough? Y'all not shouting a lot this morning. What if we got out of our comfort zone far enough to say, I tell you, I'll come pick you up. I'll come pick you up. I'll make sure you get to church. I'll buy, I'll, I'll, I'll pay for your Uber fare up to the church. I'll do something. I want to make sure that you get there. How far out of your comfort zone are you willing to get for the cause of Jesus Christ, for the cause of the kingdom? At what lengths are you willing to go to begin to unclog that well of personal evangelism that's gotten clogged up in the church so the same group comes in and comes out every Sunday and we come in and say, oh, we had a good service today, but nobody got saved. That the same sinners ride up and down Highway 10 in precinct while a church inside these walls lifts up our hands and glorifies the King of Kings. And we're content to let them continue on their journey destined for hell. We, we don't preach much about hell anymore, right? But I want to tell you this morning, it's a real place. And souls are going there at a rapid pace because there's sin in their life that hasn't been dealt with. There's sin in their life that's gone unchecked and they need the love of Jesus shared with them. Eric, if you'd come. How broken or you this morning over the plight of the lost? How, how, how broken are you over lost souls? I, I, I'm just going to be real transparent this morning. Even in, in the church of God, 
over years and years. There's been legalism, and, and it's other denominations too, but I'm licensed with the Church of God, so I can talk about us. But we've had legalism and spiritual pride, and somebody could walk by with too short a skirt, too low a top, and four tattoos, and we turn the other way. We walk around them. How broken are you over the lost? How broken are you over the lost? Or how about somebody that may look the perfect part, but you know the real story. You know that, that person that everybody thinks is living right, but you know the real story behind it. We'll even say, well, I just don't really associate with them very much. How broken are you? How broken are you this morning over the plight of the lost? How clogged up is your well of personal evangelism? If I could fill this church up by myself next week with sinners that needed Jesus, I'd do it. But the instruction God gave me to make it happen was to energize you. To give you that call to say, God, the responsibility is on me that I unclog this well of personal evangelism. We live in a world where people just need to know Jesus loves them. They already feel bad about their sin. They may not admit it, but listen, isn't it true? Anytime you're involved in any kind of sin, it doesn't matter how small or how great, there's something inside of you just doesn't, you don't rest, something's just not right. And at Life Fellowship, if we want to see a great outpouring of the Holy Spirit, you know what I want to see? I want to see people coming in off of the street or in out of their homes and they've never known Jesus in their life and then they get saved and filled with the Holy Ghost and find a new joy that they've never had before because that kind of excitement, it's catchy. And I want to ask you this morning, how many people have you witnessed to about Jesus in the last three months? I want you to really think about it. How many people have you shared Jesus with in the last three months? That's a whole quarter of a year. How, how, how many? When God called us, he said, go ye, just go, go, tell it. The old Christmas song, go tell it on the mountain, over the hills and everywhere, that Jesus has been born, that Jesus has died, that Jesus has risen again on the third day. 
and he's brought redemption. He's brought peace. He's brought hope. He's brought restoration. He's brought transformation for the lost and the broken and the hurting. I don't know how long we have left here on this earth, but I know this, that Jesus is looking at us saying, how much going are you doing? Are you unclogging that well of personal evangelism to reach that family member, to reach that coworker, to reach that friend, that cousin, that waiter or that waitress at the, at the restaurant? How far out of your comfort zone are you willing to get? What if everybody at Life Fellowship just decided that every time you go sit down at a restaurant to eat, you ask the waitress or the waiter, young lady, young man, we would like to pray with you. We're getting ready to pray for our meal. We're getting ready to pray for our meal. Is there anything in your life we could pray with you about? Are you willing to go that far? Because there are lost souls today that hang in the balance. Some of them, if they, won't, if they aren't reached this week, help us, Lord, they won't be here next Sunday to receive. It will be too late for them. How far are you willing to go, Life Fellowship? We've got connect groups and we've got all the good stuff. We've got the goods. But are we like the two guys at Lowe's or Home Depot? We, we're standing there just waiting for somebody to come by and get what they need. Or are we willing to run up to them and say, I want to share something with you. I've got some good news. I want to share about Jesus with you. On every head bowed and every eye closed this morning. Father, right now in Jesus' name, I ask you that you just begin to move upon the hearts of the men and the women in this place. Now I want to ask, I've got just two main things I'm going to ask this morning. The first one, if you're in this place and you have never received Jesus as your Lord and your Savior, I want to tell you there's no day like today. Or maybe you have backslidden and, and you're not really sure anymore because you've been living in sin. Can I tell you there is no day like today. There's no judgment in the house. There's nothing but mercy and grace in this place for you today. And if you need to receive or rededicate your life to Jesus Christ, every head bowed and every eye closed, would you slip up your hand? I'm not going to embarrass you. But wait just a moment. Anybody in this place this morning? rededicate your life to Jesus you want to recommit I see that anybody anybody else wait just a moment wait just a moment you need to recommit your life to Jesus this morning hallelujah hallelujah now I want to ask this of this church this morning and I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to beg you this morning to be perfectly honest with yourself how many of you would admit Pastor, my well of personal evangelism. It's clogged up, but I recognize today that souls are hanging in the balance and I need to step out of my comfort zone. I need to unclog this well so I can begin to proclaim to the world that Jesus is still Lord, He's still Savior, and He's coming again. If 
that's you this morning, you would admit that my, my, my well of personal evangelism, it's clogged up. And Pastor, I, I want to I wanna begin to evangelize for Jesus again. Would you slip up your hand? Come on. Come on, all across this place. All right, come on to the front. We're going to pray this morning. You want God to unclog that well of personal evangelism in your life? Come on, don't we? This altar should be full, by the way. If you, hadn't, if you haven't been witnessing to people, this altar should be full this morning. Come on. Come on, don't wait on somebody else. We're going to pray. We're going to pray. Hallelujah. Thank you for listening to our podcast here at Life Fellowship Church in Hearst, Texas. God is doing great things at our church, and we would like for you to be a part. Join us on Sundays at 1030 a.m. and Wednesdays at 645 p.m. Get connected with us through Facebook or our website at www.lifefellowshiphearst.org. Thank you, and God bless.